Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. And we're live. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider podcast, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. I'm Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Hidware USA, and uh, I'm joined by three other lovely guests today. But before we get to them, just wanted to talk to you guys real quickly about Tervis. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Tervis, but uh, they've just recently added a, a stainless steel uh, or stainless steel line to their whole product line about two years ago, and with uh, with the goal of being better than the competition by utilizing state of the art custom 360 degree UV printing available in four sizes: the 12 ounce, 20 ounce, and 30 ounce. And they've also got a 24 ounce water bottle. Uh, they got a five-year warranty on these things. They're 18-8 copper lined, vacuum insulated, eight hours hot, 24 hours cold. Uh, awesome drinkware. Honestly, the cup I just held up is the 20-ounce stainless tumbler, and uh, it is my go-to coffee mug for sure. Drink out of that thing every day. Uh, so check them out at tervispromos.com. Uh, so joined today by, as I said, three other lovely guests. And uh, first, we'll kick it off to Steve McFadden at Perfect Promotions and More. How are you, Steve? Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's been, uh, we're winding down hopefully the hot months, days here in North Carolina, but we're, we're hanging in there. So. <laughs> awesome, man. Glad to hear it. Uh, Meg, I believe she may be somewhat frozen and facing mm -hmm. some, uh, some technical difficulties. So it, when she pops back in, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kick it to her and just say hello. But, Better than uh, my Chick-fil-A parking lot last week, so I'm sure she'll get it back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's funny, though, is that when, when I freeze, it's never with a face that's a, as attractive as Meg's. Like, she froze in the perfect <laughs> position, and she looked great. When I freeze, it always looks like I'm having a seizure. <laughs> fair, fair enough uh and that, that voice you guys just heard obviously uh needs no introduction but just in case paul bellantone with ppai the head honcho the boss man i'm gonna make him nice and blushy right now so paul you're tremendous uh i really appreciate everything you've done for the industry and your leadership at ppai has been uh, hugely uh beneficial to our industry so thank you for the service that you've done uh, and are continuing to do and uh, basically just want to give you a quick platform to uh, to sort of introduce yourself say hi to everyone uh, if there's anything in particular that you wanted to cover from Great. from the PPAI perspective uh, with with the events of this year uh, would love to hear that from you but uh, ultimately want to just get to know you a little bit more as a person as well so I, I'd love to sure. ask you first and foremost sort of what how, how you heard about the promotional products industry and how you got involved uh, with PPAI and sort of what your background was before this. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump for a second. First, thank you for the intro. It is an honor for me to actually represent this industry. So anything that I'm, I'm in the association management industry, but I couldn't think of a better industry to run an association in. So, um, you know, thank, thank you guys for allowing me to do this. Jeff, nerdy news you need to know about. That is an incredible alliteration for, um, for today <laughs> that we're, we're shooting with. So um, my, my background was in the trade show industry, and I'm sure we'll be talking about trade shows at some point. So um, go backwards in time a bit. 1998, ASI entered the trade show industry, and the person who was running the shows for PPAI at the time went to ASI to start up their shows. So there was a vacancy here 
at, at PPAI to run the event. Um, and I was in the trade show industry in Dallas and I was doing a lot of traveling. It was with a big trade show producing company. And somebody told me about this, this great show here in Dallas that was at the time the show was being run in Dallas and I didn't have to travel so much. And it was, it was an opportunity for me to run one show instead of running a, a group of shows. And in doing that by the year of the fourth or fifth or sixth year that I was doing it, I decided I really liked the association industry as much as I liked the trade show industry. So I branched away from trade shows, moved into association management. And um, as they say, the rest is history. It's been 20 years uh, with the association now, 21 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, Stephen, what, uh, what, what would you like to discuss today? I mean, obviously, um, there's on everybody's mind, I think the way that you guys have handled the, the pandemic and uh, moving yeah. shows and canceling events. And, you know, sure. it, I've, I've heard about the work that has gone in with the PPAI board and just the amount of action that's been required to do what you guys have done. And yeah. just would really like to give kudos to the board mm -hmm. and, and all the work that they put in this year as well. They've been pretty awesome, actually. So we act we we generally meet every five or six weeks with the board. We actually have a standing call every Friday morning wow. that we 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 focus solely on COVID-related things. So not to mix up our normal association um, management and our governance stuff. Like if we don't have anything specific to COVID to talk about, we cancel that call. But this way, we never have to go through that whole process of you need to give people three days notice and you need to have a quorum so we have a standing call every friday morning man those guys are troopers they they they're ready to go and they're ready to discuss really tough issues very proud of them very proud yeah that's well incredible. i think uh i think we'd be remiss if we didn't just go ahead and knock out the elephant in the room here because i if we if we don't ask it we'll be blown up on facebook so as it relates to covid related things uh -huh. um let, let's just let's just hit it and, and get get over. But what's the news with Expo? Everyone's asking. You know, they saw the sure. news with CES. They saw the news. What, we can just bury that one and then move on to more fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> hold on, so, Paul. If you don't mind, before before we do that, let's go chronological because there's a lot of events sure. that I have in, in, in coming That's up. True. And, yeah, let's talk about just the <laughs> events lined up between. So yesterday, Paul, uh, uh -huh. Sage had their online virtual trade show normally it's a physical trade show that they do in texas and this year yep. they, they had to go uh all virtual uh you were present can you share any feedback that you may have uh, heard or seen uh from the show and how that went give us an update on that uh, i i think if you read social media or if you're, you're a participant you might have been um engaged in some of the tech glitches that they had um i think their the demand for an event exceeded their capability to do that. I, I think they normally have 1,500 people or so at their live event. They had 6,000 or 7,000 pre-registrants for this event. And I, on the general session, I think we had 2,100 people, which is more than we get at Expo for a live general session. Wow. So I, I think the, the only um, analogy I can give to it is like having Expo, but with only one entrance. And I think they realized that you know, virtual doesn't mirror physical, but the feedback from those people who were able to participate fully was overwhelming. And I, I actually received a number of comments saying, you know, tech glitches aside, the, it was really the first national type event 
and and you can watch people communicating in ways that we haven't done since February or March. So in, in a lot of ways, it showed the need for that platform. I, I know Sage is up to the task. They're a tech company. They'll, they'll master that. And we're excited to be using them for the virtual element of our expo going forward. Because one of the changes we made to expo this year is we're putting a virtual element before it and after it. Um, so yeah, I, I, they solved some of those tech glitches and I think they had a, a pretty successful event and people responded because they need, we need that. It's, it's kind of at the core of our industry. Sure. And obviously with the fall, uh, the fall season coming up, usually things are pretty busy with a lot of uh, great yeah. events coming up from, from PPAI and a lot of them have had to been, uh, had to be switched to a virtual uh, type of climate. So with, with uh, the tech show or tech week and the tech summit uh, this coming yep. weekend, the 21st through the 25th, uh, anything that you can give us there or, or with uh, promotional products work week, uh, you know, the, the 10th, I'm sorry, October 5th through the 9th, yep. um, anything that you can share with us that'll happen differently with that? Well, um, you know, I'll just be honest with you. I manage your association. This is your business. I happen to be managing it. Guys, we're winging it. You know, I, I want, I want to, we're all trying to figure this out. It's that proverbial, you know, we're riding the bike down the hill while we're assembling it. And you hope you have brakes when you need brakes and you hope you have a steering wheel when you need a steering wheel. Um, you know, we're trying to figure out everything from what's the best platform to use for technology and, and what's the right pricing structure for a virtual event, you know, compared to a physical event. And what's the right amount of time that somebody's willing to stay on and actually, you know, be engaged online versus physical. So we will continue to experiment. We will continue to, um, to, to try to figure out the best way to serve the industry. I like the opportunities that we have because we're not constrained to what we used to be able to do physically, right? If to, to have a successful tech week or a tech conference, a certain number of people had to be willing to get on an airplane, leave their families, leave their businesses and go, you know, travel someplace. And now the opportunity to grow those events is exponential. You know, but is five days the right day, right time? Is it two days? Is it three hours? Those are the things that we're going to figure out as we move along. So we're 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 searching for the models on them. Like even um, Spark, like something like our Spark event, our young yep. professional, we um, we decided we didn't want to make the event exactly the way it was when it was physical. So we're putting things out into the marketplace with the Spark brand all year long, and hopefully it'll capture people who wouldn't have been able to go, not just the people who were able to go in person, but maybe open that up to an audience we didn't have before. So that, that virtual, uh, the spark conference virtually, uh, from home was, was actually done really well. I was pleasantly surprised with that. Uh, so, you know, kudos to the spark work group as well for that and, and PPI for the, for the tutelage, but Paul, come on. I mean, you're saying that you're winging it and you're riding the bike down the hill as you're assembling it. You guys don't have a manual for operating an association during a pandemic? <laughs> yeah, virtually with the office closed and everybody. It, it really is. You know, I, I, I'm telling my board, like, I can't wait until this just turns into a regular old recession. Like, I know how to do a recession. I've done a couple of them before. The whole <laughs> pandemic and I can't meet with anybody is really throwing, you know, some curveballs at us. But yeah. Trying to figure it out. 
Well, the odd thing, because you say recession, the, the odd thing for me is that I, I noticed that it, it's, it's really varying. And you guys just did a study as well, I think, uh, for, for you know, what folks have, have experienced through the first couple of quarters of the year and what their expectations are for Q3 and Q4. Uh, and I personally filled it out for our company and I'm, I'm very optimistic with where things are headed for us. Uh, you know, there was one or two months that were sort of down for us. And then, yep. you know, because of the adaptation and, and, you know, the pivot, like we, we've been absolutely killing it this year, uh, having the best year that we've ever had and by far. Um, so you so, went into PPE. Uh, well, we, we can't call face mask PPE cause they're source control, but yes. Right. So uh, I'll give you, um, a, a, bit of information on that because so you read the um so 76 percent of our supplier companies did less than 10 percent of their business in ppe over the last six months 55 percent did zero ppe so what you're talking about is exactly what we're experiencing is that these last six months have really been about haves and have nots yep. like from a supplier standpoint you were either in or you were down 78% because that's the number that we've seen um, from, from suppliers that were selling decorated products. So we've tried to separate the PPE decorated versus blank because I think the blank will ultimately find its own way into its channels. Like we did a really nice job pivoting. It's what gets decorated that I would really count as our industry moving forward. Yeah. So, um, you know, on the distributor side, I think the number is like 57 or uh, actually um, only 17% of distributors sold no PPE. So on the supplier side, you have this big number where they didn't sell any. And on the distributor side, you reflected more of what your customers were doing. So haves and have nots over the last six months. Yeah, I'd have to agree with those numbers. I, I remember come March, nobody knew what to do. Like nobody knew what to do. We were all freaking out. Everybody was like, okay, we're going to be back to week and back to work in two weeks. And then when we weren't, you know, what's happening. And I remember how excited I was to be able to announce that we were going to be selling those, the first round of masks, those Bella canvas masks. And I mean, I was so excited to be able to just do something and help because I felt so helpless. And then you know, no good deed goes unpunished. So the next month and a half was just like, I don't think I slept. Yeah. I don't think anybody slept. Anyone who had access to PPE. I mean, it was just insane. It right. was really insane. But I think um, what we're seeing is it did start to average out um, in May and then June. And we, we, I think in June, we had our best month ever too. And it wasn't all PPE, but I think selling PPE saved us. It really did. Yep. So when I look at the um, Sage searches on uh, what people were looking for last year in April 2019, there were zero um, PPE products in the top 10 searches. At its peak, I think four out of the top five in June were PPE. And now it's back down to two out of the top 10. So we could see it moving a little bit more traditional. Um, you know, uh, people are still uncertain, but they are certain that they need to do business. So we're finding our ways back into people's businesses. Exactly, exactly. And I think, I know I had put out a blast to my customers that the government put out the CARES Act and there was a $13 billion grant that was given to the K-12 schools to buy PPE. So I was really excited about that. And I thought it was a great opportunity to get involved with your cut with my customers, not me get involved with my customers' customers, but my customers to get involved and have something to sell, those who weren't selling it. Right. So we found there was another big push and, 
I think with things being so fluid, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, New Jersey was like yesterday or maybe Monday. I don't remember. It's a little blur. Uh, he, Governor Phil Murphy just announced that we were going to have high school sports, but I feel I, other, a lot of other states aren't a lot in the Northeast anyway. And I was so excited because I have a senior this year who is kind of relying on a scholarship for volleyball and volleyball, as you know, is a fall sport for the girls. So it's really, it's hitting home here. I've, I've got some seniors. I have a senior last year that was just given his diploma basically, you know? Yep. I mean, so I don't know. We're, we're, we're seeing, we're hoping that the big push keeps going for PB for a while. Keep everyone going. I hope people do jump on board and who haven't don't think it's going to go away personally, just by, uh, unless it's a, becomes more and more political one way or the other it's gonna i think it's gonna yeah. have a effect on tv actually well you, you look at the news like in the last 24 hours the, the three biggest conversations are ones that we never thought we'd have we have a virtual convention you yeah. have people my son had his first day of school today in his junior year online Aww. right so we have schools open and closed you have People complaining about the post office, you know, is going to close and not be able. We're having conversations that there's no way we could have planned for. And I think all of our businesses, we used to have a, a level of certainty and you can plan for something. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like we're spending all of our time preparing for things, right? Because planning kind of assumes that you know it's going to happen, but preparing, it's that winging it. You know, I, I have to. I have to be ready for a number of different eventualities that we never even thought about before. So, hey Paul, and I wonder if you could uh, maybe comment on this as well. We're we're noticing now that the months we're in currently, we're seeing um, that our customers are a little bit scared to order, uh, just because of the uncertainty. Like in the past, uh, you know, three or four weeks, we we deal with. Um, industries that are related to the universities and so not the universities sure. themselves. Um, but, you know, specifically, if you look at, you know, what UNC did last week, I don't know if you saw the news, they brought they did. it back for six days and then, then they, they had some positive tests and then they just sent them all back home, you know, so it's, it, you know, then there, that happened at USC as well. Kids started moving in in Southern California. Um, they didn't even get to the first day of school and then they told them all to go back home. So you've right. got different industries that are starting to order and then saying, no, 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 like, wait, 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 they're not coming back, you know? And so I, I'm starting to see this, uh, this, this cautiousness from our customers um, specifically as it relates to universities and sports and where yep. they're just deciding not to order because they don't want to waste. Right. Um, and, and I'm just thinking like, that's gotta be, that's kind of where we're at now. Like there's this yeah. really slow month of August where before it was really busy because it was all the stuff right. we needed. And right now it's just so much uncertainty. Um, is that kind of reflective across the industry? Is well, that, you know, I'm, I don't have the like up to, last couple of week research i have what we what we got back you know three weeks ago from our members but i don't think that our industry we're, our industry is a lagging indicator of what people are feeling right um and i think we're we're consistently going to be following that pattern there's nothing that happens in our industry that that's not you know kind of a microcosm of what's happening someplace else so the same uncertainty we have on whether or not we're going to bring people back or have a trade show or you know, do a sales call, every industry we sell into is as confused, if not more confused than ours. And I, I, I think that there's opportunity in that because 
it's, you know, from a distributor standpoint, Stephen, you have the opportunity to solve challenges. When your customers knew exactly what they were doing and exactly what they wanted, you were in the procurement business. Now you're in the let's solve a problem business. You know, just because a school's not doing something physical doesn't mean that they don't need to engage students. Doesn't mean they don't need to engage parents. Doesn't mean that they don't need to raise money. All of those things still need to happen. You just need to help them figure out how to happen, how to have that happen for them. Like with, with promo. <laughs> with promo, absolutely. I mean, because I see a lot be, of people redirecting to you know, digital and coupons and you know things that are outside the industry. But yeah, but yeah. think about the value of. Yeah a physical product mailed to somebody's house today compared to, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I did the same thing. Like, and by the way, Meg, you were talking about uncertainties on, on like what you've got excited about and it starts and stops. Yeah. Today I sent out a note to my team saying that the office is going to be closed until January. Mm. But meanwhile, I had told them we were going to do it right after Memorial Day, and it was going to be right after Labor Day, then it was going to be right after the holiday. Then we just said, you know what, the the increase in productivity is not worth the risk of, like, I can keep somebody safe here in the building, but they're going to stop for gas, they're going to go to a restaurant, they're going to do things that are putting them at risk, and I don't want a part of that. But that doesn't mean I don't need to keep my staff motivated. So we actually did something. I, I don't have one around here. We sent, we actually sent every one of the people on the team a puzzle at their house because everybody has time and they're looking for things to do. And the, and the, the puzzle said, once upon a time, the world didn't end. Like, and it was this PPAI logo and it had kind of a word cloud. But we took a couple of pieces of the puzzle and we were, and we removed them before we mailed them out. <laughs> and we had them waiting on everybody's desk and, and the note card with the puzzle said, the puzzle won't be complete until we're all back together again. Aww. But normally, if I wanted January. to motivate my team, I would drive up a, I would drive, you know, a food truck up here. Like, so the way that we're motivating and engaging people is different. And I wasn't creative enough to do that because I would have bought everybody donuts. It was a distributor that came up with the idea for me. So that to me is the opportunity of, Hey, my staff's not here, but that doesn't mean I, I don't need to keep them engaged and happy and loyal and working hard and thank them for working hard. So uh, lots of opportunity to earn those um, margins that we like to make in our industry. Yeah. Hey, Paul, so I've got a question for you. So I'm so glad that you mentioned mailing things out and, uh, and sort of, you know, recreating uh, a way of promoting stuff, even though things are happening virtually. So uh, speaking of things happening virtually, I know LDW this year is happening virtually. And, and Meg, I know that's probably one of your favorite events throughout the year when, when you were on a regional board, right? Yeah. I think that's where I met Meg. I know. I can remember exactly where you were sitting in a room. Uh-oh. I was doing a panel. <laughs> And it was, yeah, I, I remember meeting you. You gave Uh-oh. me some snarky comment about, Uh-oh. <laughs> it was terrific. I was like, I like this person. Yeah. And it's it's definitely one of my favorite events throughout the year uh, since I've been able to uh, engage with the regional association. Stephen, yeah. you're, you're new to an association this year. So my question for you, Paul, is how are you going to duplicate uh, all of the food and the swag that we get at LBW <laughs> and everybody's homes. Because Stephen, poor Stephen is not going to get to experience 
uh, an official LDW this year, and we, we need to uh-huh. we need to figure that out. <laughs> uh, can you send me the food? You know, uh, we're not even we're not even going to attempt. I always thought that we should charge for that event by the pound. Like, <laughs> if we really wanted to raise non dues revenue, it's there we should go. do something. It it's an amazing event. I I think the core of your question, though, Jeff, is that we're not going to try to replace that. We're going to try to figure out what's necessary now. You know, and why why, yeah. So we're we're going to save some money on food, but hopefully we'll, we'll you know, invest it someplace else for the regionals and the attendees. It's a great event. It, it's one of mine, too, because I actually get to sleep in my own bed here in town, too. I don't have to be in a hotel for it. Yeah. Hey, hey Paul, by the way, we, we have a, a really awesome special guest coming up in a couple of weeks uh, by, the name of, by the name of Dan Nevins. Ah, there we go. Our wounded uh, so, warrior. Yeah, so I've got to I got to really uh, thank you for having him come on and do the uh, speaking engagement last year at LDW because I think he absolutely floored everybody and really excited to have him on uh, on the podcast with us as well. Yeah, he he reached a lot of people in a lot of different ways. There's just the inspirational part of the story. Yeah, but man, if you spend a minute bitching about whatever your circumstances, and and then you kind of look and you go, wow, so here's hardship that somebody can overcome it puts for me it was one of those things let's put some stuff in perspective and really think about what may be important at this point good guess though i think he's going to be a great guest for you excuse removed exactly 100 percent. so steven i think we're at that point of the podcast where we could probably talk about your question now (laughs) am i am i free to free to free to ask now (laughs) yes sir chronologically you're you're there now that's it (laughs) so yeah what do you think (laughs) Well, yeah, what are we thinking? I, I think we're going to run an expo until we, you're leaning right into my screen here, Meg. I feel like back up. Back Come up. on, Paul. You're in, my space. you're in my space. You're looking at my notes on my desk. Um, <laughs> trying to peek to see if there's any information there. We're, we're, we know the value of expo. We know that um, it's a glue that holds the industry together. It's more than a trade show. It's, it's this convention it that is. we all go to. Um, we know the value to the businesses, the individual businesses in the industry. Um, we have some businesses, you know, we all we all think about like the Headwear USAs and the SNSs, whatever the companies are. And you guys have resources to go to market, no matter what the market brings you. What the conditions are, you're gonna figure out a way to do it. But most of the suppliers at Expo take two booths, one booth, it's their go-to-market strategy for the year, as Expo goes, the year goes. So we recognize the value to them then we recognize the value. This is our annual bake sale. It's a lot of money at stake for the association. It pays for all of those things that don't make a dime. It pays for all the food at LDW. Um, so we're balancing that. And we, it's, it's a little bit of a tightrope. And so our plan is to run the expo until somebody tells us we can't or we shouldn't. And I'm a free will guy. I think that there are going to be people who want to go to the expo. They're going to want to make that choice to say, you know, people are doing things can't dictate every part of what people are doing. So as long as, you know, the city to state the facility can hold us and we think we're not unnecessarily putting people at risk, then we will run Expo. So that's, that's my official statement on it. Um, we're going to have a virtual aspect to it before it and after it. We've restructured the event um, to, it's going to be a two-day event. The hours are going to be longer. We're going to try to you know, maximize people's time. We coined a phrase. I, I, 
it called health fatality. We actually trademarked this, health fatality. And that's that balance between making sure that people are healthy and productive, balanced up against um, how do we make it like an expo, what people are coming to expect from us. So health fatality is what people will get on site, but it's also the process we're using to, you know, to make these decisions. Ask me again in a week, I may have a different answer for you because that's the way our life's going right, right now. But as we sit here, we're planning an expo in Las Vegas, second week. Paul, I'm going to ask you a question like a news reporter and kind of spin the same question. Here. Okay. Um, so did the, it, did the news about CES. Uh, my has, question. No, I asked it earlier and Jeff shut it down. Oh, oh I wasn't did, did that, uh, did that go into, has that been discussed as, as related to the decisions that you guys may be thinking about for Expo? And or I, ASI pushing their shows back. Two, two really good questions. So, um, I'm not going to be evasive, but I'm going to give you an analogy. Um, CES is such a different beast than us. It's hundreds of thousands of people. Sure. It's in five halls and a really large international contingent that yeah. wouldn't even be able to come into the country at this point. Yep. Um, I think that managing an expo is significantly different when we're in one, whole, one hall, three hotels, contained environment, two-day show. So I would make the analogy that I know that there are certain regionals that are running events right now and they're running live events. But if I canceled Expo, I think that regionals should still be running their events because they can manage them differently than we could. Just because we can't manage 22,000 people in a convention center doesn't mean that a regional shouldn't try to manage their event in a parking lot, right? So everybody has to look at their own things. You know, ASI, I, I agree in a lot of ways with what they're saying and what they're doing, but they have a different mandate than we have. And, you know, I, if I were to say tomorrow, I'm going to not do Expo, I have four or five million dollars in liability that I would need to. But, you know, if that decision kind of gets made for us, then we handle that a little bit differently. And I think the members would want us to handle this prudently and not make just a straight up business decision on it. You would want me to negotiate it in the best interest of our industry. So that's what we're doing. Okay. You know, ASI made some decisions about the first quarter of next year, but they didn't call their Chicago show until, you know, last week. Yeah. So they're make they're looking at, you know, the, the places that they're doing the show and the people that they're serving and we're doing the same thing. Awesome. Uh, Meg, Stephen, uh, want to be respectful of Paul's time. So any, any other uh, questions that you want to ask before we uh, head out? You know, I had the question about the CES, but I think um, I know just by being on Facebook pages and seeing what people were saying, people were like, oh, well, CES is going to cancel. So is PPAI. But I kind of think about it from your perspective, Paul, and, and not only to mention all these people that aren't coming in, they call it the CES flu that they all leave with every year. So yeah. maybe that's a big portion of what we're all leaving with is we're getting it from them since it seems to be consecutive or almost, you know. Yeah, they're, well, they're right on top of each other. Yeah. In, In fact, fact, go to both too. My, my team and, and really when we look at the, the event, not having CES actually benefits Expo. Yeah. We get, you know, every, the entire city is not overtaxed because they just had 150,000 people, you know, there. And so, 
we'll see. We, we will make the best decision for the association and the members and the industry because that's really what we serve. Um, th this has been um, great. I, I appreciate it. You, you know, we're, we're all kind of um, watching this happen in, in real time, you know, as we're kind of going through it. I can remember back in February when this was a, um, a supply chain issue. You know, and it was something that kind of took our focus off tariffs for five minutes. And then it became a demand issue. And now it's like this global thing that has societal and political impacts to it. And we're all just going through it. But I'll, I'm going to leave you with my optimism for this. So um, in 9-11, in right, we, we had the entire world became a society focused on eradicating global terrorism, right? And we had such a role to play in that, in the messaging that went out, and how companies, um, how everything from how you made a sales call to the things that you were giving people to get into a stadium, and like we played a role in the rebuilding of something. I think coming out of this, we're gonna be a society based on the eradication of global disease, pandemics. And I think we have a role to play. And, and I'm excited about that because what we do is we affect behavior, right? So all of those different businesses that are out there trying to regrow their businesses, well, what behaviors do they want to affect? And that's where we have the opportunity to tell a story. You know, I'm, I'm in my office today here in, in Irving. I left the house. And when I left the house, I grabbed my keys, I grabbed my wallet, but I also grabbed a mask and hand sanitizers. <laughs> we have a role in this. Yep. And, and I think that we... Yeah, it's going to be painful, and it, it's going to be painful for a while. This is this isn't going to go away with the vaccine, but but we're good at this. We've had a pandemic before in our industry. I mean, we've been around for two hundred years. We've had pandemics, two world wars, bunch of recessions, Great Depression. You know, I I think we're we're made for this. So it's going to be a little bit painful, but we're scrappy and we're entrepreneurial. I think so as well. There we go. So Tony Lucati says Vegas baby. Uh, Susan Bolsky says hashtag Expo 2021 will be done. And then she says thank you to PPAI for all that you guys are doing. Uh, so just wanted to give those folks a quick shout out. Uh, and then also, guys, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, talk to you a little bit more about Tervis. Uh, obviously, they've they've made sustainability a huge thing for them. Uh, and so ultimately, uh, you know, take your Tervis is uh, the hashtag take your Tervis uh, is another way that we can use uh, social media to promote sustainability. Uh, they've got a Four Ocean partnership. Tervis has partnered with Four Oceans for a uh, beach cleanup on Siesta Key, according to Four Ocean, which uh, does cleanups year round and across the world for uh, for their large turnout with uh, 13 over 1300 people registered uh, they were able to collect and count uh, they had 144 straws 500 or 5877 cigarettes that they cleaned up 463 plastic bottles 187 plastic cutlery 355 plastic bags 234 plastic foam cups and over 1300 uh, bottle caps um, so it's just amazing how much waste is out there. So Tervis is passionate about, uh, their oceans and their care about the creatures who call it home. Uh, you know, they're committed to making it a better place, uh, and have been for 72 years, uh, not because it's trendy or helps sell tumblers, but because it's the right thing to do. Um, so guys, uh, please check out tervispromos.com to learn more about them. Um, and Paul, I just want to say thank you so much for, for jumping on board with us today and, uh, and just giving us a little bit of insight and, uh, you know, 
I really appreciate you and, and, and everything that you guys have done at PPAI. Well, I appreciate that. And everything that you said was just cleaned up. Sounds like my kitchen, my kitchen after my 16 year old son has four <laughs> friends over <laughs> destroys the cutlery, the everything. That's my house in the morning. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, and thanks, thanks for your sponsors for doing this too. I think yeah, it's great that we get to, to keep these things moving forward and keep some cohesiveness in our industry. Yep, absolutely. Uh, guys, I think that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Ciao, guys. And uh, we'll see you guys again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.